So in spite of the trouble lighting the candles, today is still the third Sunday of Advent. And our text is Luke chapter 1, verses 39 to 56. Listen now for the word of the Lord. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, Holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He's helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to Sarah and to their descendants forever. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This song of praise and prophecy always takes my breath away. A young woman bursts into song, proclaiming for all the world to hear, that God has changed her life. She sings out that God is so mighty and so merciful that the strong have been cast down, the lowly have been lifted up, the hungry have been filled, and the rich are sent away with the only thing they lack, open and empty hands. God is so good. And what gets me every time about this song is that Mary sings this in the occupied territory of Palestine under the rule of the Roman Empire. Her life was likely to have been one of unending poverty, eking out survival from the land, hauling water, facing like poor folks throughout time, the specter of early death from disease or malnutrition. And now that she's pregnant, out of wedlock and unexpectedly no less, she faces the threat of death in childbirth and loss of a child before the age of two. When Mary sings that the lowly have been brought to high places and the hungry have been filled, she is one of the lowly and the hungry. She knows full well that this song that she sings as if it is an accomplished task is not. 
It has not all come to pass yet. Mary sings with the unaccountable hope of a prophet. And it stops me dead in my tracks every time. There are days when I believe songs like this, when my heart is filled with hope, when I am filled with certainty that God will act in the world to fill the hungry and send the rich away empty, to lift up the lowly and cast down the powerful. There are days when I can believe that. There are also other days, aren't there? Days where I can scarcely make peace with the demons in my own heart, much less imagine peace among us all. Right now, as we prepare for Christmas, we may find ourselves particularly living in this tension of the world as it is and the world as it should be. We may find ourselves rejoicing at our, blessing on, our blessings on this Sunday of joy. We may find ourselves with Mary full of anticipation and pregnant hope. Or we may find ourselves exhausted physically, mentally, spiritually. Even as we feel that we're supposed to live into the giddy excitement of these days, we may be worn out, spiritually dry inside. We may find ourselves disconcertingly among the hungry, or at least among those who do not have enough money at the end of the month to give the gifts they would like to give. We may find ourselves grieving the death of a loved one or an estrangement that has yet to heal and dreading those holiday tables where someone will be missing, where peace has yet to come. We may feel impossibly disconnected from this young woman who was able to sing this song of unaccountable hope. But we've skipped something in jumping straight to this song of amazing, unaccountable hope. We skipped something. We skipped where Mary went to Elizabeth's house. The angel mentioned to Mary that her relative Elizabeth was unexpectedly pregnant as well. And so Mary turns all this over in her head for a couple of days and then travels to her friend, her relative Elizabeth's house. It's kind of just a footnote in the story. I think the author's intent was to focus on the miraculous nature of both John the Baptist and Jesus' birth and to emphasize that they are connected from the very beginning. I think it's about these babies. But we'd be missing something if we skipped over these women. The friendship between Elizabeth and Mary could seem like just a footnote, a jot in the margin. But we worship a God who came like a footnote off on the margins a jot. So maybe this friendship between Mary and Elizabeth 
is worth a second glance. I've become convinced that it is the key to Mary's unaccountable hope. So often when I find myself in those dark places we mentioned a few minutes ago, I long for something vivid and vibrant to break in and rescue me from that dark place. I want a sign from God or something striking to lift me up out of it. And so often that doesn't happen. Just as often it's a quiet friendship through which God speaks. We discount the transformative power of friendship. We focus on partnering up or relationships between families or work relationships, but friendship is powerful. It is relationship that is chosen, that is nurtured over time, that sustains us through all the phases of our lives. We're too busy. It's easy to let friendships fall through the cracks. But Mary didn't figure it all out by herself. She didn't become a prophet of hope, puzzling it out alone in her room. She followed the angel's lead and sought out a new friend and was changed. As we make our way through these dark December days that are getting shorter and shorter, days that are filled with end-of-semester stress for some of us, family strife and grief for others of us, and sheer exhaustion for many of us. What if we took this call to human connection and simple friendship seriously? When the darkness threatens to overwhelm us, what if we remembered Mary, who traveled 80 miles by foot, practically around the world when you are pregnant and on your feet, just to seek out a friend? Now, we may not all have full social calendars and a long list of friends. In fact, in our transient an isolated world, we may feel more loneliness than friendship. And this is not a condemnation or word against loneliness. God is present there, too. In fact, I think Mary probably would have fallen on the lonely end of the spectrum. She had to travel that 80 miles just to find one friend. Just as the mystery of the Incarnation began with a little baby, so our lives can be changed by the seeds of just one friendly encounter. A cup of coffee, a hello to the person sitting next to you, pausing after worship for a moment of, how are you? No, really, how are you this December? Connecting with someone we haven't talked to in years. Yes, maybe even using Facebook for good and not evil. There are all these ways. 
And they're not just little things. They're holy harbingers of hope. They draw us into God's unaccountable hope. And give us the courage to sing out like Mary. With hope and joy. Singing of peace and a different world. That God proclaims is indeed possible and is coming to us in spite of it all. We need that hope. We need relationships to nurture that hope. Amen.